Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. And there we go. We're live. Oh, Brampicus, are you with us? Are we playing music? Oh, we're playing music. Sorry. See these eyes so green. I can stare for a thousand years. Colder than the moon. It's been so long. And I've been putting out fire
All right. Let's just get this party started by saying, hey, everyone, welcome to what is a very, I mean, honestly, this is a um, very special show to me in more than one way. Never mind the fact that, well, no, not never mind the fact. Uh, we are paying tribute again to David Bowie, and, you know, I I wasn't such a huge fan of David Bowie. Nick turned me around, and he's like, look. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, he's great. I knew him as a Goblin King, and I... I forced her to listen to David Bowie. <laughs> I would like a YouTube. They have full David Bowie albums, so I'd go on YouTube, on, on our Roku box, go on YouTube on the TV, and just play full albums. And he says, I watch too much video. <laughs> And uh, But not only that, we've got a very good friend of ours, a very good friend, Nick, friend? Yes. Yes, fantastic friend of ours. Uh, not only do we have Joe Flynn, yo, yo. Yep, yo, I'm here. We, he, we've also got Victoria Burke. Victoria Hi, I everybody. I cannot tell you how much of an honor it is to actually have you on the show because you've scheduled your dad to be a part of my show. And uh, now we got you. And Thank you, you are racist. And, and I remember talking to you, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so nervous to do the show with your dad. And you're like, oh, he's a teddy bear. Don't be nervous. <laughs> he's so cute. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, fine. <laughs> this is Solomon Burke. I mean, this is like the biggest ladder that I've I've ever crossed. We're going to get into a lot with this with you, Victoria, because you you've given me more of an insight with anything because um not only are you Solomon Burke's daughter? I mean, you, you, with the Mick Jagger and David Bowie and all that, you you know, you have some good insight. And you've educated me a lot more than, sorry, Nick, than listening to you, David Bowie, on. <laughs> yeah, so we're, yeah, we're, I believe that's gone. It's me. Yeah. Uh, Dawn, meet Victoria Burke. Hi. Hi, Dawn. How are you? Good. Now, Cole. This is Solomon Burke's daughter. This is uh, Solomon Burke's daughter who, okay, we're going to get more into you, um, Victoria, uh, because we definitely want to hear the background, and you've got some great stories. Um, Don, Joe, yes, you're going to love yes. Victoria. You're going to love her. But first, Nick has a few announcements because you know he sponsors our show, and we got to pay attention to the sponsors. And so, <laughs> Nick, <laughs> yeah, indeed, really quick because I know that we have a lot to talk about. But uh, um, uh, Black Bedsheet Books sponsors the show, and we are. Um, uh, great, great, wonderful publishers. I pat myself on the back of horror fiction, 
and uh, we've got a lot stuff a lot of stuff going on in um uh this year and uh this spring we've got like about oh i think close to 30 print titles that are coming out including brand new children's books so uh without going down a list and naming all kinds of titles and stuff just fantastic stuff Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Go to uh, online to downwarden.com slash blackbedsheet, and you'll find our website, Black Bedsheet on Twitter, Black, Black Bedsheet on Facebook. A lot of things going down, preparing for a great, phenomenal spring. So you guys aren't going to want to miss out. It's going to be some of the best fiction that you're going to read this year, guaranteed. All right, Francie. Oh, well, that was quick. Yep. All right, so we're going to get right down to business. Uh, Victoria. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> uh, why don't you, huh? I'm here. Okay. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell us, because, um, I don't know, should we, should we play the Mick Jagger performing on the Grammys for the first time ever and maybe introduce us? That's why I'm saying that she should talk about why he was. Yeah. Uh, do you I, talk I would love to give a little segue. I would love to give a little segue. Uh, and I just want to say really thank you guys for having me on. It's It's an extra honor. I am humbly my dad's daughter who got to hang out with him. I am kid number 20 of 21. Um, so to just be able to hang out with him and hear all these stories and, and learn all this stuff and be his road manager at times was pretty awesome. So uh, when dad passed away in 2010, um, such a big surprise to all of us, of course. And um, I was a big part of his camp and one of his uh, personal assistants and whatnot. And we got a call from the Grammy saying, you know, of course, we're so sorry, and we're really going to pay tribute to your dad, and we're going to do something phenomenal, and I hope as many family members can come as possible. And we said, oh, yeah, thank you so much. We're so honored. We wouldn't have even thought, to be very honest, um, that they would take it that far. And, um, of course, in every Grammy, they pay tribute to all the um, people that have passed away that year, and uh, probably a week or two later, or just before the Grammys, we get a call from the producer of the show who says, you're not going to believe this. Mick Jagger called us himself, and he said he is coming, and he is performing. Everybody needs somebody in tribute of your dad. And we were like, what? Humble pie, humble pie. We were blown away with that kind of honor. And it was so honoring, uh, such an honor for us because Mick Jagger uh, – being from London and the roots of the music from London, which was uh, created from their love of soul music, which is the connection between Solomon Burke and Mick Jagger. Um, for Mick Jagger, who had won a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Grammys, um, who had been nominated for Grammys, had never been to the Grammys before, um, he wanted to pay tribute to one of his mentors and one of his friends and one of his um, legendary artists that lived in his life. And um, that was just so special. And what made it even more special, and it's on YouTube somewhere, um, as they say, is Dad had the honor of doing several shows with um, the Rolling Stones when they came back to America for their first tour back in so, many, so long. And I believe this was about 2004 
or 2002, something like that. And um, during that um, during that time where he got to perform with them, um, he was really um, honored to create a whole new following um, and people who had the roots and the understanding of who somebody like the Rolling Stones were or who somebody like who we're talking about tonight, David Bowie. Those roots of London was such a big deal and such an influence on them. And my dad was just as impressed that they were impressed with him. Um, and it was such a mutual respect. Yeah, and, and, and I got to tell you, um, I, I was at work and I came home from my lunch hour and I, I put on my Facebook page and, you know, Solomon Burke has been on our show twice and you and I, we were hoping to get him on a third time and, but he all suddenly passed away and I didn't know he passed away and I'm blogging in my Facebook page and I've got like a ton of emails. Like, I'm so sorry to hear about Solomon Burke. I'm so sorry. Frank. And I'm like, what just happened to Solomon Burke? I mean, I have, like, emails, like, everybody, because, and they sent those to me because those were people that listened to the show, and and I'm going to say this, and I've said it a hundred times, and everybody that talked to Solomon, your dad, on my show, it, they called me after the show, and they were like, holy crap, he's so frustrating. He's like yeah. the most, you know, he's like, go out there and get him. Don't sleep on your couch, you know. You got to yeah. drink. Yeah. You got to follow it. And that was your dad's and, and, attitude. And I got so and, many emails, and I'm like, what just happened to Solomon Burke? And I was like, no, this is a joke. No, Solomon Burke didn't and, just die. And I Googled right. it, and I was like, and I looked at Nick. I was like, Solomon Burke died. And I cried. I was because he, he was such an awesome guy. I mean, Thank and you. I can see just listening to your dad for a few seconds, like, I can see how he could inspire Mick Jagger. I mean, it was, he was incredible, <laughs> you know? Thank you. And, and I think a part, of the, a part of the key to to that was dad was a good listener and he wanted to be a part of anything new that was happening and any, you know, new coming artists. And that was part of my memories of me being a young girl in the eighties and, and discovering uh, David Bowie and saying, dad, can you please buy me this record? David Bowie. It was one of my first records I ever asked to buy. And he said, Oh, this chap from London, of course. <laughs> he's a good guy. And I said, oh, Dad, you don't know this guy. You tell me these stories, you know. And, and he says, you know, no, Victoria, you know, this guy's a great artist. You know, and he's somebody to be respected. And, you know, I think about him passing away and, and the impact of music to the rest of the world and the parallelisms with my dad. And it has to do with such longevity. And him being blessed to live almost 70 years, um, being 69. My dad was 70 when he passed away. 
um, you know, and and to be able to live that long and make such an impact on different generations, different genres yeah. of music yeah. is something that the world is now fascinated with. And they said that, you know, David Bowie may not have had a number one hit album or something like that, I heard, when he passed away, but now he might here in America. Really? I didn't and know that. About, it, it was something like that. Don't quote me, but it, okay. it was... It was something to that effect, and and my point is that is that it's not about number one hits, and Dad didn't have too many number one hits, but it's about the impact that you make on music, and David Bowie definitely did that by doing so many different things and not being able to express himself and coming out in in so many different ways to people and 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 having the empathy to people in real life. And I think that's where the parallelism lies and, and where I reflect on the parallelisms of, of David Bowie and his musical life and the impact that he left and Solomon Burks and, and Mick Jaggers. And, of course, how Mick Jagger and David Bowie were friends. Um, and, of course, you know, their, their, their same love of music and their same love of, of, of soul music um, translated to R&B, I um, was reading something about the the correlation between Luther Vandross and David Bowie, and the respect for the R and B music and and soul music. And Luther Vandross yeah. actually was a backup singer for uh, David Bowie, and told him, "Hey, man, you you're big time. You're gonna make it. You're, you're amazing." And he said it had such an affection for the 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 respect of soul music. R&B music, the black community, and it's it's something to say a testament to his artistry. You know, there are musicians in the world, and then there are artists and musicians in the world. And David Bowie was definitely one of these great artists that will live on past generations, and, and new generations will still be introduced to David Bowie and his music and, and, the, and just the special impact that he had on, on so many different people in so many different ways. And I have such a great, great respect for the way that he presented himself um, through all of his time and exposure in the media and wasn't afraid to be who he was or love who he wanted to love, uh, you know, down to his beautiful model wife, <laughs> Imam. <laughs> You know, um, so it's uh, again. I'm I'm honored to even be able to to be a third, uh, you know, uh, three degrees of separation or six degrees of separation or whatever that it may be. Um, but I feel very connected, and I feel connected because that's what music does. Music connects people. It doesn't matter what genre. It doesn't matter if you don't know David Bowie. It doesn't matter if you don't know who Solomon Burke is. It doesn't matter if you didn't know who the Rolling Stones were and you're under a rock. Um, you, when you hear it, it's it's something that's timeless. It's something that's classic. And that's the, the place that David Bowie fits into our lives now and why people are making such a big uproar about, oh, David Bowie, because he was that kind of impactful, iconic artist that will live on in generations that we may not even be here to see, but somebody's going to look up some David Bowie. So it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's lovely. It's a lovely connection. Uh, Victoria, 
I got to tell you, and in fact, I'm like, I had the photo mute, and the whole time I'm going, yes, 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 and I'm like standing up, and Nick is like, listen to what she's saying. I'm like, everything that she's saying is fantastic. I'm like, I, I literally asked Nick, I like, I'm like, foo, foo, foo. you're so right. I mean, who Thank cares you. about genres? Yeah, 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 and it's, it's about artistry. You know, if you're not even the music, and let's say you're into painting, and let's say you're into art in a different medium. If someone said to you, I have a musical artist I want you to listen to, you'd say, let's hear it. And you would find some connection in that. When I listened to his latest album that you played for me before earlier, and we listened to it together, Lazarus, I think about the true passion that came out of that song and how he was respectable enough and loved his family enough to have cancer, keep it private, grieve with them. I'm a funeral director like my dad of 20 years. And to have that much respect and love for your family to keep that private and everybody in his camp keep that private. And then for him to say, but in the same token, I'm an artist. This would have been a Solomon Burke move. I'm going to go ahead and finish this album and make a video for everybody in the shock them when we're gone. <laughs> yeah. That's artistry. Come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and as an artist and someone who, who was, You totally just put a whole new spin on that whole thing. And and it's not about marketing, and it wasn't about making money. You think it was about David Bowie making some more money? David Bowie Uh, is just a opportunity. This is is it, as Michael Jackson wish he could have done. And he got the (laughs) blessed... Every artist, my dad would tell me stories, being a funeral director like he was, and he would say, oh, if I could die like this. It's a blessing David Bowie got to be surrounded by his family. It's a blessing That's we got to understand his music. It's a blessing we got to share a piece of his emotion and his heart and what he was going through as he was knowing he was dying. That is a gift. If there's no other gift that anyone has any respect for, that gift alone and leaving us that legacy of music is deeper than what you could, what, a genre. <laughs> yeah, very true. Yep. I, I well, agree. So, uh, Victoria, do you want to finish hearing that Lazarus song? Because that, you know, that British woman, she's like, your show will go live. And do we you have want to, to finish after hearing every, that after, Lazarus song? We, we have to. After everything we just talked about, I would love everyone to pay tribute to David Bowie and the legacy of music and what music does to you. Pick a line, pick a word, pick a verse, pick a chorus that connects with you. And that is the point he was trying to make. Let's connect and let's stay connected. And I'm going to leave some history and music here that no one has ever done. Through my pain, through my hurt, through my ailments, so I would love to listen with, to it with you and all the listeners and everybody else on the show, and we just stay connected and listen to it together. I would love that. Yeah. Hey, yeah. All right. So here's a song that Victoria was talking about, and we do have a caller, 714. We're going to pick you up 
after the David Bowie song. And uh, 714, please enjoy the music of David Bowie with Lazarus talking about his death. And it's an amazing, amazing song. Agreed, Victoria? 1,000%. There we go.
Wow. And, and the video is even so much more powerful. It was almost hard to watch for me. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's great though, and um, oh my gosh, it's like Nick was like, "Oh, you gotta hear, you gotta hear the song," and I'm like, "Oh," and I've been hooked. <laughs> and I'm like, Nick, yeah. can we hear it? Nick, can we hear it? Nick, Nick. All right. Okay. Seven one four. You're live. Well, hello. Hello. You guys hear me? Okay. Yep. Yeah. I'm good. Okay. I'm using a new Bluetooth uh, earpiece, and I tried using it on my show, and it didn't work out too well with the switchboard. But uh, since I'm calling this a regular phone number, I I sound pretty good now, right? You guys should do. Sound good. You sound great. Oh, very cool. All right, Brett. This is Brett, right? Is this Brett? Yeah, it's Brett. Okay, <laughs> Brett, uh, we are live, and we have got Victoria Burke on the phone. And, oh, my gosh, such the stories that have been told right now. This is, like, one of the one of the top five shows. It's not the best show because Victoria, man, you have given so much insight with everything. Thank you, thank you. I, I I'm glad. I think that's I think that's the point when we say let the legacy and the music live on, and I think that's that's all that matters. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh yeah, you, well, think- you've you've been doing. You've definitely yeah. been with Brett. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I, 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 I was a little late calling into the show, so I, I probably missed quite a bit of it, about a half an hour of it. So I'm a little late uh, on that. So I missed the stories that uh, Solomon Burke's daughter was telling. And, and I didn't see it on the Facebooks until just now. So that's why I called in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Victoria, you were talking about some more David, Stor- uh, David Bowie stories and – I love the fact that you were talking about the Luther Vandross and everything. And um, <clears throat> with the Mick Jagger, I mean, they were really good friends. I mean, it's not no. a secret. And, they, they um, and Mick Jagger were, were, were almost bosom buddies, if you would have called it, in the, in the musical world, where they had such a great respect for each other and, and a true brotherhood and affection. And um, there was never any jealousy you know, or anything like that, or any uh, things that, that can arise in the music business. And these are some of the stories that my dad told me about, you know, them being such up-and-up guys and really, really being outstanding musicians and people that had created um, the captivity uh, of, of their fans um, and created a family, not a following, a family. You know, if you're, if you're a Rolling Stones fan, you, you feel like family to the Stones. You know, yeah. it, it, I tell you, if you're a Bowie fan, you you you're, you're gonna feel like family now. It, it's a it's a it's a next level, um, I think in music and and it's and it's it's an honor. It, it just is. I'm I have I do carry that same humble spirit as my dad, and and I'm just I'm honored and blessed to even exist in this world and and be able to still reiterate these stories or or some of my sentiment of, of growing up around this legendary guy 
who I didn't think he was actually really famous until I was 13 years old. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm with some of the new fans who don't know who who the heck Solomon Burke is. Neither did I until I was 13. <laughs> he was the guy who made oatmeal, and you know, he was the guy who made oatmeal and took us to and made big fat hamburgers in aluminum foil and and sent us off to school. So it was it was funny. <laughs> You know, and 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 maybe we should uh, let somebody. Um, and I uh, played this clip. I burnt it onto a CD. We're gonna play a clip from your dad on the show. Okay, great. And I still, Love I it. hope I still have it. Um, okay. I remember when <laughs> your dad had twenty-two children, right? He he does have twenty two children. That's right. That's right. And I mentioned so that, that to your dad. I mentioned that to your dad on the show. I was like, "Wow, you have twenty two children, He's like and ninety nine grandchildren." And I'm like, "How?" And wow. he was like, "Well, Francie, let's me and you meet up for lunch tomorrow, and we can make it twenty four." <laughs> 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 That was your dad's sense of humor, and I'm hoping. Yeah. I know I have something here with the. Oh, oh! Don't tell me I took it off my switchboard and made it into a YouTube video, but. Oh, okay. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna upload a clip from your dad too. I mean, your dad had such a great sense of humor. Oh, I think Joe's wanting to ask you something. No, I was just agreeing. Uh, I know Brett was oh, with yeah. us when Solomon Burke was on, as well, mm-hmm. and he was he was great. Uh, he was very uh, sweet man on the show, so it was a great time. Thank you. Yeah, oh, awesome. he he was he was fantastic. And uh, okay, hold on, I'm about to upload something. I made a video for for YouTube. I made a YouTube video of your dad, Victoria, on the show. Okay. Okay, so we're going to upload this, and Nick said, play what? Okay. Okay. Okay, Nick is telling me to play David Bowie's Secrets. Okay. It's, uh, oh, the Conan Secrets. We have a really famous music star who for some reason was willing to spill his guts for us on camera. This is some pretty dark, disturbing stuff. You might want to send the kids out of the room. Take a look. Bowie, secrets. Sometimes, when I'm at a McDonald's, I wait until nobody's looking, and then I stick my hand inside the straw dispenser. And touch all the straws. I've reinvented my image so many times that I'm in denial that I was originally an overweight Korean woman. I was on tour in the United States back in 89, and we did a show in Cincinnati. During that show, I shouted out, It's great to be in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lie. Bowie. Oh, 
Bowie. version of the space oddity I sang ground control I miss my mum ground control I miss my mum what can I say I miss mum you think that being a famous rock star married to a supermodel would be one of the greatest things in the world it is I don't know how many times someone has come up to me and said, Hey, let's dance. I hate dancing. But it's stupid. Bowie. What a man of mystery. Yeah. So that's the, that's another thing that people always talked about is that... Um, David Bowie did have a great sense of humor. Oh, yeah. Oh, did you see that clip when uh, he did a clip with Ricky Gervais that was posted uh, around the social media circuits where he, Ricky Gervais is a guy that loves to make fun of himself, and he had David Bowie on, and David Bowie sat down at the piano, and it it was like a backstage kind of thing, and it started talking about Ricky Gervais's pug nose and you're a fat guy and you want to commit suicide. Yeah, David Boyd definitely had a big sense of humor. A lot of people didn't maybe realize because they didn't pay attention to that kind of thing. He was an all-around kind of dude that, I don't know, I mean, we could talk about this and we have already last Wednesday and we'll continue now, uh, how great David Bowie was. He he was one of those all-around, like, man, he covered everything. He dabbled in everything. He There was nothing that he wasn't willing to yeah investigate and check out and be a part of. I mean, what a great guy he was, honestly. I, I mean, ugh, I just, I, I'm still feeling the influence that David Bowie had on me as a, you know, a child growing up and, and as a teen when I started learning how to play music and write music, he was one of my biggest influences because he'd done so many different things. And it's like, if he can do this, you know, you know anybody could do it because he put himself out there and he just said this is what I'm going to do I'm going to do whatever I got to do to get it done and boy did he yeah and and like you said he was one of those real people that you felt he's real I connect with him you know and, and, and he just had a magic to him that's why I say it's an artistry from everything he did and, and being able to laugh and and, and you know, have such a great sense of humor and let people laugh at him. You know, I was uh, talking to my sister about his great love for his wife, Iman, and how they were together 23 years. And she looked up some photos on, uh, you know, on Iman's Instagram or something. And here's David Bowie with, of course, this model Iman um, in this gorgeous couture dress. And she has on this bling bling kind of bracelet that obviously matches her purse. And who's holding her purse? David Bowie. With yeah, a right. smile yeah, on the right. red carpet. <laughs> he was a you know man. Is, he was, David Bowie was the kind of guy that didn't give a crap what people... Can I say fuck? Of course I can say fuck. He didn't yeah. give a fuck about what hey, we always do. I, I, that's what I loved about him. Like, you know, he did a lot of interview, interviews you know, on TV and radio talking about his sexuality. 
and uh, it, it wasn't an issue with him. It seemed to only yeah. be an issue to those that that had an issue with it, and and in the end, it didn't matter. So sure. you know, so yeah. here he is married married to my mom and carrying her purse. Listen, I've carried my purse through at Walmart, and I'm man enough to not even care about the stairs I get. Yeah, I, I go to Walmart. Hey, hey, my, husband, my husband does it too, so. I'm walking past the bathroom, and I'm like, Nick, I got to go potty. And he's like, okay, I'll wait for you right out here. And I'm like, you don't have to. And, you know, the women are, like, walking past him, like, that is such a good man. He's waiting yeah. for you to go party. I'm like, well, I don't really want him to wait for me. And I would never say Nick called my purse. You know, because. Hey, listen, I've been the guy. I've been the guy sitting on the bench. I did make my dad go in the store as a teenager to say, Dad, uh, can you give me some always and. He, like, showed me out, and he's like, uh, are these the ones you wanted with wings? And <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I should have just put in the bun of myself, <laughs> you know? So to hold the woman's first, yeah, that's, you know, that's pretty high class. And yeah. Oh, my and husband that- does it. I say here, and he takes it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now that's wow. a different kind of man right there. Hey, that's what he's there for. I had to carry diaper bags all those years. He can carry my purse. There you go. <laughs> my manhood at the bottom. I'm sure there's No, I'm kidding. Yeah, just so. I'm sure David's only carried a diaper bag great. and changed the diapers. <laughs> In between uh, albums, I'm sure he loves being a dad. <laughs> My husband did it, no problem. When I got up to feed the baby, he got up to sit there and watch me feed the baby. (laughs) Victoria. Then he'd change them, and then we'd get them back to bed. That's right. It's teamwork, teamwork. That's how you stay together. 23 years, uh, David Bowen and Iman, 23 years. That's how you stay together, carrying purses and changing diapers. You got it. And don't don't wave your woman's maxi pads across the these the ones you Oh heck yeah. Nancy I'm like very deep into the floorboard. I'm like, is he seriously doing that? No. <laughs> oh hey, that's what they're there for. They wanna be married to us, they gotta take on all this extra stuff. That was my stepdad, though. If he wanted to be married to my mom, don't blame, you know. Anyways, back to the subject of (laughs) how did we get from David Bowie carrying a purse to, like. Because it's one of those things that you can elaborate on. All the other things of being a husband. That's why. Yeah. 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 Exactly. We we were talking about David Bowie not giving a F. Uh, fuck, okay, about what was happening down to his music, down to carrying his wife first. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> one, one thing that is actually also kind of cool about David Bowie, because it's still up there, is that the whole album, which is called Black Star, that's his final album, is totally uploaded on YouTube. 
it's like he's not even saying buy my album. He's also saying listen to it for free. It's right here. And if that, I can if I can interject here real quick, because we're if we're talking yeah. about Black Star, and you know, um, of course we've all listened hopefully to the entire album and understand what that album means and why he why he wrote that album and and everything. I, I would like to interject my favorite song off off the album, and it's one that nobody's really given a lot of attention to. Um, it's called "Girl Loves Me." That song, there's something about it. It's 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 full of gobbledygook. Like the lyrics that that Bowie wrote for it don't even make any sense. But there's a feeling about it that gives you a, a feeling about maybe Imam, maybe you know how he felt about her, or maybe a feeling of what love is. I don't know. I, I like the track a lot, not just the sound of it, but because the lyrics are just so disconcerting. They're they're weird. They're strange. And that's what I've always loved about Bowie, how he experimented yeah. with all kinds of different things. And that particular song off of Black Star, I think I'm going to say personally is probably my favorite. And nobody's really paid attention to it or heard it. Yeah, I've heard some of it. it. It is pretty good. I do like it. Yeah, if, if it's on, if it's on a single, I could probably upload it for the show tonight. Uh, but I don't know if it's on the single. I will look for it and probably try to upload it tonight. But um, there was um, Victoria. I promised that I would play this tonight. Okay. And I think that this is going to be, um, why don't you talk about, because you know more of the insight of uh, Mick Jagger, which is going back to David Bowie, which is going back to Mick Jagger, which is London. going back to your father. Yeah. Um, with the Grammys. Oh, I I guess the rest of that story. I get so excited. There's so much good stuff all over thinking about all this. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, maybe help me where I was at. I, I I think the 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 powerful part was um, him him coming to pay tribute to one of his mentors and and one of the fun things. Oh, this is where I was going. Where I told you about uh, him doing shows with him and he did the show in Las Vegas and he did the show in Las Vegas at the Hard Rock casino and my dad opened up and I'm one of the road managers and stuff on that part of the leg of the tour and I, I, I get there and dad's performing here's Solomon Burke up here performing rock and roll hall of famer and everyone in the audience in Las Vegas had on their Mick Jagger Rolling Stones attire and they didn't care less that Solomon Burke was up there performing and they had their backs turned but Solomon Burke kept on performing, and he was singing his little heart out, and he was going for it. He just kept on singing. And Mick Jagger interrupted his set, comes out on stage, and says, excuse me, everybody. And everyone was like, what the hell? <laughs> and he's like, this is my friend, okay? And and, and I used to uh, uh, sneak in the show looking for this guy here. Okay, the, the, please turn around, pay attention. And people were like a five-year-old on the first day of kindergarten at a Catholic school, man. 
Okay. <laughs> they were like, what? And at that show, when Mick Jagger took stage and did his amazing show, and I was so blessed to be able to, with my dad's past, thank goodness, uh, you know, stand at the front of the stage and see Mick Jagger and stand at the side of the stage and see the Rolling Stones and Keith Richards, you know. And at that show, Dad comes out, and this is the part that's on YouTube, where he comes out with my two brothers, and he takes this cape, okay? My dad was known to be this uh, man called the the, the rock and the... Um, the king of rock and soul. And yeah. he wore this, you know, cape, and it was lined with fur and sequins and all kinds of velvet, and all it was heavy, guys. Okay, we're talking about a cape covering a 400-almost-pound man here. And he takes the cape, and on YouTube you see where he throws the cape on Mick Jagger, and Mick Jagger almost looks like he's about to swallow up, shrivel, and die under the cape. <laughs> <laughs> It is all there. They even talk about that. <laughs> and and he Mick says Jagger. and he says to him and Mick Jagger, you know, kinda gets his balance and he stands up and, and Mick Jagger looks so surprised, like, what is my buddy doing right now? You know, this wasn't planned. <laughs> and you know, are you trying to get me back for interrupting your set? What's happening here? And my dad says, You know, I am crowning you, Mick the new king of rock and soul. And my book, Mick, you, you, you get this. And he gave Mick Jagger that cape. And when you look at that YouTube clipping of that performance from where dad throws the cape on him, and you go to the YouTube clipping of the Grammys 2011 of Mick Jagger, the first ever live performance. And this was the first ever live performance of someone singing tribute to one of the people who passed away. And Mick Jagger arises from the bottom of the stage, and here pops Mick Jagger with the same cape that Solomon Burke gave him. Yep, and he takes it off. Yeah, he's in the cape, and and he takes the cape off, and his... As and soon as he takes the cape off, he was like, yeah. we're here to honor Solomon Burke. And I'm like, yeah. and I remember we watched that because, you know, I did, I met you face-to-face for the first time, and you never see me face-to-face. And I'm like, um, I'm here for the Solomon Burke, and you were, like, talking to somebody at the front desk, and you heard my voice, and you are like, fancy, and I was like, Victoria! I and tell my friends all the time. Everybody, everybody, I think for you, I think, I think what Francie is trying to say, and it's hard to express Francie, <laughs> is, and this is what I get from it, is the connection that Dad and Francie and Nick made when they had the two shows. And this was the connection yeah. that anyone that personally knew Solomon Burke, he made a connection with you. If he met he you did. for a moment, that was his right. mission. That's what he was trying to do. That's what he talked about when he said create a legacy of love and create this yeah. thing. He connected with people. And he wanted people to think you're important and you matter. Yeah. 
no matter who you look like, what you look like, what you sound like, where you're coming from, what color you are, it, it, that, that was the magic. And for Francie and Nick to make that sacrifice, to come down from Sacramento and show up at the funeral, they didn't call me and say, hey, I'm coming, where is it going to? They showed up. That spoke to yeah, the connection. We showed up early. And you were talking to somebody at the front desk, and I'm like, oh, we're here for the song. And you looked at me, and you're like, fancy. And I was like, oh, Victoria. And you're like, thank you. And, you know, and, you know, it, it was. And everybody, when I was at, you know, we were at the wake. And what was really cool is, that your family extended an arm too. It's like, hey, his funeral's tomorrow. If you and Solomon's brother, uh, your uncle was like, um, you can spend the night at my house, but you might have to sleep on the floor because there's so many grandchildren. And <laughs> and we, you know, we were like, and you were trying to find us a hotel reservation. Yeah, and, and, and that's, you, that's, you know, it was a blessing. Thank you. Yeah, and it was kind of like, it was like, whoa, that's Victoria. And, you know, knew it right off the hand. It was, and Mm -hmm. I'm trying to upload that clip that, um, from, from his show, which, um, we, uh, did, um, let me see if it's up here now. If not, I'm going to keep trying. Okay. But, no problem. Well, you know, and, and like I said, I think I think what still impresses me to this day is 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 you know, Dad did not take ever. If you know the 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 the, the history of him in in music for so many decades, and he did not take lightly his uh, title of the King of Rock and Soul, and to say yeah. to Mick Jagger, you know. I respect you. I love you. Um, I think, you know, hey, I know. And Dad would say things like like David Bowie. Hey, I know I'm not going to be here for long. Hey, I know yeah. I'm not going to be here for long. You know, this this is this, this, but, this tomorrow's not promised, you know. And I think that same insight as we go back to David Bowie and we talk about this legacy of what he left and what he was expressing when he was making this last album. Gosh, you guys. Gosh, if you think about it, the legacy that David Bowie left us in this expression of life, an expression of music, expression of love. I can't wait to hear Girls Love Me. I can't wait to hear uh, it. I think about their 13-year-old a- daughter. Maybe it's about their daughter. You know, I think about my dad. There were songs where you could tell, you know, he wrote things that were about my my mom, about his ex-wife who he had, you know, 13 or more kids with, you know what I mean? About the women he was with, about his love he had for his daughters. That was real. And the love he had for his fans and the love he had for humanity. And that's where you were talking about earlier. He didn't care. He didn't care about his sexuality. He had no judgment. And that right. was the beautiful thing that makes David Bowie so different that people are they're, they're just getting to know. I'm glad they're getting to know. Sorry they might be on the late train. The whole point is they know now. Yep. <laughs> right, guys? <laughs> exactly. I I did find uh, David Bowie Mick at the Grammys. 
Okay. Uh, uh, well, Mick Jagger has the Grammys. Do you guys want to hear? Uh, because this is this is what Victoria and I was talking about, and I know I just changed the subject. So I'm sorry because you guys were on the badass subjects again, and I'm slow because my computer is slow. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong in your computer. Do you this guys want to hear Mick Jagger at the Grammys? And uh, who is it, Raphael, who was Raphael, like a four-time Grammy? Uh, yeah, I'm so excited. Yes, if I could tell a little bit about, I'm I'm 41 years old. I grew up as a young teenager listening to what the group was, Tony, Tony, Tony. And Raphael Saeed was, uh, you know, one of the main Tony, Tony, Tonys. And there's a short documentary on YouTube about the making of Mick Jagger and Raphael Sadiq paying tribute to Solomon Burke at the Grammys. Unheard of, guys. Never before has it happened. To he said, oh, my gosh, I get to pay tribute to Solomon Burke. I cannot say. I mean. Yeah. And Raphael Sadiq, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a side note on Raphael Sadiq and. To the, to the kids growing up in the 90s, he was one of the greatest soul R&B singers to us that gave us dance beats, that gave us lyrics, that gave us a story. And as a, a child growing up as from a legendary rock and roll Hall of Famer, I wanted to hear lyrics. I wanted to hear passion. I wanted to hear music. So people that needed that connection loved someone like Raphael Sadiq. So to bring someone, this is legendary, guys, to bring someone like Mick Jagger from his rock world, that is, who who doesn't respect him? That's like the Grateful Dead. Come on, guys. Okay? And uh, bring Raphael Sadiq, okay, from the R&B world, that's a new genre. Let's keep it real. Okay? Um, and to bring those two guys in together, they make this little documentary about it. And I'll tell you a digression. I meet Mick Jagger. I, no, I meet, well, I did meet him, but meet Raphael Sadiq with Mia Long sneaking out. You guys all know Dad was bound to a wheelchair, sneaking out of the Grammys in 2009 and going through this back corridor. We run into Raphael Sadiq and Mia Long. Uh, the actress, and Raphael said, you come to me, I'm pushing dad in the wheelchair, and we're basically, dad's MO was, I don't want to be embarrassed, I'm a classy guy, let's move in and out of here, okay? So, we got a team of six people doing this, Raphael said, he comes up to me and he says, oh my God, excuse me, is that Solomon Burke? And I am shaking in my boots like, oh my gosh, this is my 1990." Maybe a heartthrob, if my friends could see me now in my whole R&B world, and me along the actress, oh, my God. So I was doing my thing. I might have been a little delayed in responding. And, and, he's, and I said, yes, it is. And he said, can I talk to him? And I said, hey, Dad, this is a really big um, R&B guy from the 90s, Raphael Sadiq. And he goes over to Dad in the wheelchair at the elevator in the backstage of the Grammys, and he's like, Solomon Burke. I love you, and I respect you, and you are such a great contribution to music. And I was just sitting there as a young girl like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened to me right now. This is one of the things. Wow. And for, for again, the R&B world, it was a big deal. And to bring those two together and play tribute and to perform at the Grammys, 
Um, again, I'm talking too much now, like my dad did, but that's okay. Go ahead, Francie, play it. <laughs> here's here's something I wanted to uh, play. I uh, wanted to say real quick um, because there's something else I know about your dad. I also know that Phil Collins visited your dad's room, and was, Phil Collins wanted to call his mom, and he was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm in the room with Solomon Burke." Not only, I mean, Phil Collins even knew who your dad was and when Phil Collins met your dad, he was starstruck. You know, I, I get so amazed at some of the people that I hear that I go, No way, come on. And and and, and again, we're we're paralleling to our friend David Bowie tonight. People of every genre. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. You uh, know, so and, <laughs> All right. Uh so here is David Bowie, I mean, uh, Mick Jagger, which is uh, contributed to David Bowie, which David Bowie and Mick Jagger are really good friends, and uh, it's, it's coordinated with uh, David Bowie, too. Here we go. And Raphael Sadiq.
with Holy crap. there's so much. How many respect. records did she break this year? <laughs> yeah, and 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 what I don't know what people's take on these on the on the British artists, and some young people will say, "Oh, these British artists are new, honey." They've been coming to America since the Beatles, sweetheart. They've been coming coming here blessing us with music. And when I was young, got to go on the road as a a 13-year-old. When I got into high school, my dad said, you know what you're doing in the summer? You're going with me on the road and you're learning a business. And you can glamorize and say, oh, my God, I got to travel over Europe every summer. Okay, but I was working out there. This guy put me to work like no pun intended, but a Joe Jackson. Dad was dad and Joe Jackson were friends, so that is no pun intended. <laughs> but, um, you know, we, worked <laughs> we worked out there. Okay, guys, that's my point. <laughs> and and being out there in in Europe and in the roots of Europe and in the streets of Europe and in the concert halls of Europe and London and to to just feel the history of music that has come from there and the respect that they have for the roots of American music. And my dad being the, the, John, the, the creator of soul music and, and that mad respect is what gave my dad new generations of fans and new, uh, and new yeah. genres that he tapped into. Um, and again, we go back to the people talking about, the people who make that impact on music. And that's the only reason why I'm on the show. Okay, Dad will tell you, I don't deserve to be on the show, Francie. <laughs> no, you do deserve to be on the show because, Victoria, I mean, not only, I mean, I got to meet you through your dad. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, I, you know, I'm like, you remember, please be on my show. And you're like, I'm not Solomon Burke, I'm his daughter. And I'm like, look, this is me. Please be on my yeah. show, and you were like, "Okay, I'll get him." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> you know, in, in my, <laughs> and, and head, I, you know, the cartoons where your yeah. your mind and the co-host, and I'm like, "Okay, uh, we got Solomon Burke on the show," and that's all I told my co-host, and they were like, "Okay, can you come?" Yeah. And I was like, "No, you want to talk to Solomon Burke." You do your research. I already know who we have, and we've got this pot of gold. And like an hour later, the guy that was JL with Triad Pictures, he was like, his words, Victoria, yeah. holy fuck. Right, we've right. got the original Blues Brothers. He wrote, and I was like, Ah, cha-ching, you finally understand who we have. And he was like, my, I don't even know what to say to him, you know? Yeah, and and it's hard to, you know, to relate sometimes to people in in different ages and they say kind of, who is that guy, you know, or, you know, and it's kind of like you go, oh, the guy from the Blues Brothers movie. And, I, you know, I had read something myself that uh, a guy had just published um, lately, honestly, in the last month. And he was doing his favorite artist of the week. And he happened to do Solomon Burke. I didn't even know it. And um, he was saying, 
you know, people talk about the Blues Brothers movies, but then he went back right to, let's talk about Mick Jagger, Mick Jagger covering Everybody Needs Somebody since the 70s. Yeah. Let's talk about, you know, um, and then I, I even have, you know, deadhead friends, you know, that are Grateful Dead, that have been to, you know, 500 shows, man. You know what I'm saying? That are like, you know, the, the Grateful Dead covered Everybody Needs Somebody. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> Yeah, wow. you know, and that we were doing the Monterey, the Monterey Jazz Festival, and this was the early 2000s, and I was traveling with one of my friends, um, his name was Superfresh, and he was a great tour manager for some great R&B bands like The Roots and Jill Scott and Music Soul Child, oh. and he was traveling, yeah, he was traveling the road with me to go see my dad in, uh, in at Monterey, and we found out that you know, the Grateful Dead basically was playing up, you know, up the way here up north, right around San Jose somewhere. Okay. And he said to me, we got to go to that show, dude. And I was like, are you kidding me? We're not going to get tickets to that show. And he was like, I would never say this to you, but please respect me for what I'm going to say because this is serious. And I have been to 389 dead shows or whatever he said. It was in the hundreds. And he's like, we have to go. This is epic, man. And I said, hey, Dad, you know, is there any way that I could leave your tour? I'm trying to get up here and go to this dead show. And Dad was like, oh, go tell my buddies over there that you sent me, that I sent you. And then they'll let you in the show. And I was like, he's lying again. Here he goes, lying, talking about he knows somebody. So my friend is like, dude, if we have to buy scalp tickets, I hate to be honest, we got to do what we got to do. We're going to get tickets. We got friends. We're going to make some trades. We're going to figure it out. And we get up there, and we called ahead of time. I left a message with the manager and tried to say, hi, I'm Solomon Burke's daughter, see if that worked. And I got up to the ticket line with, with all the balls that I had, the testosterone in me, and I said, hi, um, I'm Solomon Burke's daughter, and I – Wanted to know if I could uh, come to the show, if you could just let the guys know. They made some call and were like, here's four tickets. (laughs) 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 Again, I was in Atlantic City and Robert Plant was playing and I tell dad, hey, I'm in Atlantic City. Did you want me to play something on roulette? Because he loved the numbers. He's like, yeah. And I said, hey, Dad, Robert Plant's playing tonight. He goes, go down there and tell Robert I said hello. I'm like, this ain't going to work. Okay, here you go. <laughs> I go down, I say, hi. Hey, Robert Plant, I'm Solomon Burke's daughter. I got backstage passes, front row. This is the night of the damn show. I'm like, oh, my God, he wasn't lying. <laughs> he wasn't lying. <laughs> That's right. You got to somebody. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, it'd be wow. like, man, I'm gonna score you tickets to go see him or her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like the first uh, time I met the, the first time I met Keith Richards and Mick Jagger was the night that I was honestly doing uh, that that show I talked about the Hard Rock, and you know I was doing the road manager part, and you know people got to come to me if they want to see Solomon Burke, and literally. Mick Jagger and Keith Richards and maybe a bodyguard comes up to me in this long corridor under the Hard Rock Cafe situation of the Hard Rock Hotel Casino, and they're like, can we see your dad before the show? 
And I was like, oh, my God, if my friends could see me now, this is one of those moments, if they could see me now. And I never will forget walking down this long corridor and Mick Jagger's on one side and Keith Richards, I swear to God, is put on my dad's grave. And they, Mick Jagger says to me, you are so lucky that is your dad. And I was like, huh? And I'm still going, if my friends could see me now, oh, my God. And he's like, I just love you, Dad. You get to wake up. Did he used to sing you lullabies? Did, what was it like growing up? And I was like, oh, my God. I was just speechless. I was just like, uh, Dad, um, here's, here's, here you go. <laughs> and they embraced and they hugged. And there was just such a love and respect. And for me, again, as a, as a, a young person, kind of, I hope I can still say that, um, you know, being in my early 40s and, and being raised. Oh, you can still you know, say my, that. I'm a lot older than okay, you. Okay. But my dad <laughs> had this thing where, you know, I'm one of the last of 22 children. I'm kid number 20. Damn, and I thought and, seven was bad. And, yeah, you know, he, he, he openly admitted, as we talk about David Bowie, would openly admit his faults, his mistakes, his life, his be open. And dad would admit, you know, he made some mistakes. And with us, you know, the last couple of kids, you know, he really he really tried to make a difference and, and tried to be there. So as a kid for me, where I say I didn't know he was really famous, he was really sitting home making oatmeal and making breakfast and stuff and feeding a dog, you know, and trying <laughs> to tell us fairy tales. Some of the fairy tales were so ambiguous, it was hilarious. Um, but anyway, um, you know, and and for us, he just wanted to try to be, as David Boyd was this all-around guy, and he made time for his family, and he made time for his daughter. You know, you make time if you're married for 23 years, guys. You know, my parents were together yeah. until the day my dad died, and they were together for about 40 years. And, you know, you, you find a place to make time. And if I could give any message of David Bowie's life, of my dad's life, and that's a message of love, of my sister's message who's about to get her doctorate degree in psychology, and her message is we come from a place of love or fear. And when we hate on each other or we judge each other, we're coming from a place of fear things we don't know. When we say, I don't like David Bowie. Who's David Bowie to you? They criticize some R&B girl who's on a Soul Diva show, okay, on the the VH1, and they criticize her because she gave such a claim to David Bowie, and she was saying, he's an artist. And it was like, come on. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what song you sing. We're talking about art. We're talking about love. We're talking about connection. And, 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 and again, it's like that's what's been inbred of me. If I love my dad and I love music and I, and I love, you know, uh, the, the fact that David Bowie's album was one of my first albums I ever asked my dad to buy. Here I am asking a legend <laughs> of music, hey, could you buy me these albums? Oh, my God, I've never had an album. I want an album. Could you get me David Bowie, Madonna, I need Duran Duran, and Michael Jackson? The thing that I learned with doing all the things that I do in my life, is the, the most important thing I learned is that I'm a weirdo. I'm a right. very strange guy, and I like being that strange guy, and I think that everybody should let 
should be weirdos and let everybody else be weirdos and exactly. be cool with that. Exactly. exactly. Like Fran- exactly. like Francie tells me all the time, I have such a dark side. I like it on the dark side. I invite everybody over all the time. <laughs> I want to go on the party. Party, let me tell you. <laughs> Francie, tell you I, I can party, huh, Francie? Huh, Nick? <laughs> oh, yo, yeah. You, you, I gotta tell Don't you. Don't tell too much. Don't oh, tell too uh, much. California came to Sacramento one night, and uh, she drank me under the table. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I did, like, I, did, I, did. I, I was trying to keep up with Victoria. I'm like, oh. Now, I have to digress and, and tell you a secret. She's like so cool and calm. And I, she's already like awake at like 7 o'clock in the morning. She's like, oh, my God, he's driving to L.A. now. And I'm like, I'm still drunk. And, and here's a secret. And here's here's a secret. I am so busy, okay? And I was so busy. And they were like, anytime. And I felt like, you know what? It would be great for me to go up and just relax with these these guys. Exactly. Oh my god, awesome. And uh, now this is what you guys don't know, which is funny. This this is what's funny, which you don't know. It's a secret, and I never told you. Was I got in my car and I was like, I don't care how busy I am. I'm going to go see them this weekend. And I got in my car, Aww. and I called you, and I called you. And when I called you, I was in Fresno. And I said, hey, can you send me my your address so I can put it in my GPS? I thought yeah. you were in Fresno for some reason, not in Sacramento. My GPS was like, oh, six hours more. And I was like, and they're worth it. I'm going to keep here's, on here's. driving for six more hours. <laughs> I'm going to let you into the secret with this one, too, because um, I was supposed to go to work that night, and I was like, no, fuck that. I'm not going to work. I'm getting a little party set up. Victoria Burke's coming to my fucking apartment. You better believe I'm going to set this shit up. I'm throwing up everywhere. I'm not coming to work. And they were like... Okay. I was like, I don't want to get everybody else sick, so I'm not oh, coming to work. Good time. <laughs> good time. We're going good to time. the night night store to get a vegetable tray because Victoria's coming over. <laughs> I don't want to get company anymore, so I don't care. What are they going to do? Fire me? I was like, nope, not coming to work. Not going to do it. I'm going to have fun with Victoria. And that was a great night. Oh my gosh! She drank me under the table, mm-hmm. and the next morning she's like waking up, and she's like, "Hey, Francie, good morning." I'm like, "I'm still drunk." You dressed <laughs> me under the table, and you're like, "Well, should I should I mention that you took a it just oh, seemed right. that way. It it was an illusion. <laughs> and you know, yes. <laughs> anyway, you know, we really should have her on one of our time. Halloween shows. Oh, that would what? be fun! I love Halloween. Oh, we have really good Halloween oh, shows, don't we, Francie? 
Yes, and I'm still trying to find. I'm I'm still trying to upload that uh, supplement uh, video, and it's not okay. uploading. I don't. Okay, hey, hold on. Wait, is it interview? Yeah, I still want to play because you guys are gonna see how much of a teddy bear. What is this? That's Jeff Connolly. Um. I'm still trying to get that uh, clip played for your dad on my show. Um, I'm trying to find it. Uh, you guys talk. You guys talk. Okay. Hey, Francie, did you see the thing I put in the chat box? The link. Uh, no. I've I've been on. Okay, check it out. They have given David Bowie. His own constellation shaped in a lightning bolt. Really? Really. Check out the link. It's friggin' awesome. And what's neat about it, I guess you can do an app on your phone. I didn't get to read it all. But you can apparently pick your favorite song, post it, you know, like to fill in the lightning bolt with, with the fans putting their favorite song and leaving a message. And that's like all the little stars that are going to fill up the lightning bolt. Yeah, you really got to check it out. That's it's awesome. so awesome. That is such a great way to pay tribute. Exactly. Here's my question. Oh my like, I work with a bunch of young people at work, and um, when they hear about David Bowie, they're talking about that um, the church that's processing his funeral. David Bowie's not having a funeral. What are they protesting, yeah. guys? Yeah, because yeah. they're not having a funeral. They're not doing a funeral. What they do? Yeah, what are they doing? Uh, you know, I'm a funeral director. What are they doing? He wanted to be cremated in private. No family, no friends there. He just wanted it private, just to be cremated. Okay. You know what I will say? I will say, as a funeral director, you have to respect people's wishes. Exactly. And sometimes we need other things, and that's okay. Hey, guys, I went to mortuary college, as crazy as that sounds. And we yeah, and need different things. And, the, and what we can only do now is be grateful that we can go on YouTube and we can type something in and listen to what we want and connect where we can. And that's the new generation, and that's the new message. That's where David Bowie is again not giving a f about what he what everybody else thinks exactly. because of course people are like what are you talking about there's no funeral why do we need this what he needed <laughs> was for everyone to pay attention and everyone to listen and everyone to be aware of cancer let's talk about cancer yeah. guys okay oh, i know all about cancer okay we have all been affected by cancer and it's not pretty and to have, no, again, no. that much respect and dignity of the people around him, now that's love, that's life, that's living, that's for real, that's the true, that's what makes David Bowie beyond a, an awe, a musical artist, okay, beyond someone, someone you should stop and figure out who he is. Because like you said, he's an all-around guy. Yep. yep. Oh, you guys, we, we got another caller. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, Ronnie. Hey. Hey. Welcome. How's it going? Hi. Hi. Uh, Ronnie Mingel? Yeah, my name's Ronnie. Hi. Hey, Hi, how Ronnie. are you? I'm great. I'm Hi. happy to see you're talking about David Bowie tonight. Yes, I'm sorry we've digressed. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I was wondering because I love the new uh, the new Black Star album. I think it's great. Do you think he oh, was cool Tell me how many times have you heard the Lazarus song and watched the video and going, oh. No, I I love it. I I I I've seen uh, I've listened to the album through about three or four times, and I think it's yeah. some of his best work ever. And I was yeah. just wondering, when do you think, or do you think he'll he'll tour with it? No, God, are you serious? This is a joke. What's going on here? You know, let me let me be honest with you guys, and and whether that's an honest thing or or a great, a funny, not funny joke or whatever, um, is oh, technology technology life and love of touring with that can be can be very possible and it can be possible through hologram and it could be, and David Bow, we don't know what kind of magic he left guys. We don't know what he was doing with these last 18 months. And we, we can just pray that we can be blessed with some more goodness. And again, this technology and this life of trying to just make sure someone legendary like him can continue to take this music if it's a tribute band, if it's a band, if it's a hologram, if it's a it, – come on. Let's talk about tribute bands, guys. Come on, come on. Pink, Pink, Floyd, Pink Floyd tribute band. The Australian Floyd Pink tribute band. You could close your eyes and you think you're in another time and zone. I know I know, he's been reclusive for many years, but I can't imagine he would want a hologram to go out if he could go out himself. Well, are, are you aware that he passed away, dear? Are you aware that he passed away? He hung up. Are you? I've not hung up. I'm still here. I was, uh, I've, been in, I've been in Peru for the last two months with my children. Um, oh, we my came goodness, back tonight, honey. but I mean, you're t- you're telling me you're telling me a joke here. No sir, no, no, no sir. He died. And, and you know what? You know what, guys? Honestly, I am so sorry. I. Honestly, sir, that I am so sorry that you're just finding out and that it's very possible that he passed away from cancer. You know, you know, you know, there, there's people still reaching out about my dad who died five years ago. Wondering if he's still yeah. alive. I, 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 I get it. I, I, so did, I did hang up on him. Was, I, was he serious that he didn't know that they died? No, I think he was fine. Oh, um, I did hang up on him. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad so you did. I'm really sorry about that. So well, I'm no, sorry about um, that. Here we go. And, and talk about cancer, which we all, you know, don't like that word because it's not everyone's favorite word. But I do want to post or talk about something real quick uh, because we're talking about cancer, David Bowie, who we all love and admire. Uh, And, you know, I agree with, with everything Victoria is saying because 
musicians, no matter what the type of music, like I, me when I was growing up, my favorite mu- uh, music was the '50s, '60s. You know, when I was younger. Yeah, you're old, so we got it. Go on, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm so old that, uh, you know, I make David Bowie look good. Uh, <laughs> well, you sound but, young. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's my whole fun point. But the thing is, is that a friend of ours who's been on our past show uh, contacted me earlier tonight, and she herself has uh, got cancer. And she's got a GoFundMe fund uh, to help out because she's not into the typical, you know, like straight out the medicines that the hospitals are trying to test on you and stuff like that. But she's like more like in natural healing and stuff like that, which, hey, I'm all for anybody who wants to, you know, try to beat cancer, which is a great thing to do. And so if you go to my Facebook, Joe Flynn, you'll see me posting for Deborah Punius, who uh, asked me to post it, and I did. It's on my Facebook page, Joe Flynn. And if you can help anybody, please do and donate or just pass and spread the word. That's all I'm saying. And you know what, guys? Let's let's talk about uh, 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 the Powerball. If everybody gave a penny, and if you care, give a penny. Come on, guys. Exactly. You know what I mean? And it is very oh, yeah. important. That's, you know, and if you is. can't give and you don't have the ability to give, if you share the link, you know what? Yeah. That's powerful in itself. So everybody right. has to take right. a part because you don't know when. Yeah. If it hasn't affected you, you're blessed. Because it's a terrible that's, thing. That's as we're the all thing. Agreeing. So that's the oh, important yeah. thing and, that and we have to remember have, is know. that none of us have any interest in supporting any kind of research or any kind of support unless it affects us personally. Um, yeah. And you know, cancer. I think they sh- they shouldn't name it cancer. I I think they just call it El Diablo or something right. of that right. effect because it's the fucking right. devil that comes in and steals lives and ruins right. families. And we don't have right, any idea. Exactly. After so many years of, of how, how can we deal with this? I mean, we found treatments that are worse than the, the, the disease itself over so many years. Um, but to support cancer funds, to support research, um, and, and for so many other types of different uh, diseases that mm-hmm. affect people, let's all remember that even if there are those of us that have an effect, been affected by something like cancer, there are those of us that have been affected by, you know, AIDS, which I have, yeah. uh, suicide, yeah. which is a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, but there's, yeah. in, until, my point is that until an individual is personally affected by these kinds of tragedies, they just don't care. And that's just human nature and it sucks. It sucks yeah. as much yeah. as cancer sucks. Our, yeah. our unwillingness to, to be a part of finding research and and giving money to to you know to endeavors Fine. that will help ease, it, 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 at the very minimum ease the pain of suffering that type of illness mm-hmm. i mean there's lots yeah. of different ways that people can, can contribute i mean if 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 a person really wanted to and i have 
go down to your local hospital and visit the children's cancer center and just spend time with the kids and, yes. and make them laugh for like an afternoon or something. I mean, anything, everything helps. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. so my thing is, well, as we talk about these things to the listeners, there are so many, so many things that an individual can do to contribute towards those that are dealing with this type of thing, the families, the patient itself, the, the, the whole thing. There are a lot of things that people can do, a lot of things. And it's so yes. small, it's just spending a little bit of time, of your own little time. doesn't cost you money except for the drive down and, and, to the hospital to spend time with, with some kids or adults or, you know, I've done it. It's it's okay. a great thing, and it makes a huge difference guys, in, in a healing process. Yes, Fran, please. Uh, we got another caller, area code 636. Hello? 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 636. Hello? Yeah, you know, Hello? You, shouldn't, you shouldn't make fun Hi. of people who might not know the man died, because we're just finding out ourselves, and my wife's hysterical over it, i got to tell you. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. You can hear in the background, she's going nuts. And you know what? And that's why I that's why I say I apologize. You know, I'm so sorry. We're gonna give you guys some time and give us a call back because we're gonna we're gonna memorialize and 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 you you thank you. Yeah. So there he goes. Don't you love live radio? <laughs> <laughs> and, and here's the you know, thing Francie, and here, Francie, I've been doing oh, this show yeah. with you for, for a long time And boy, we gotten some calls well, Yes, week. we have I've handled some of those calls by taking them real seriously uh, On a joke type basis I understand why they're calling what they're doing And I'll just let that call just go And I'll, I'll just keep on going with it Until it finally hits a brick wall And they're like, well, I just hit a brick wall Thank you and then they hang yeah, well, you're going to get those. We are. And that's yeah, not a sad yeah. thing. It's like, you know, people are trying to be funny, but sometimes they're not. And, you know, and it's also kind of semi-rude to the guests of our show to have people that kind of call. very rude, Joe. <laughs> you know what that's I mean? true. Oh, I agree with you. I'm just saying it so, is. So, what do you do when the guest screws up? I mean, the host screws up. Oh, you know, the host, it's okay. You're only human, as Billy Joel once said. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you a story of, of you know, my dad uh, even being out on the road, and there were years where he didn't perform there were times where he was he was even so-called blackballed after leaving Atlantic Records. And to come back and be out on the road after he wins this Grammy for the Don't Give Up On Me album, people would say, I thought you were dead. Oh, my gosh, Don't Give Up On Me. They would come up to his face and say, Solomon, I thought you were dead. And people still are asking me to this day, I'm so sorry. I feel terrible. I didn't know he died. Now, I'm going to give them whatever credit they need. I'm going to want to believe in my lovely heart <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, they're, yeah, that, they're, yeah. that they're just finding out. And, and, and you know, being, being this funeral director of, of, it's possible people are in their own world, space, and zone, 
and they're not people hate television and they're not listening to it. There was times I didn't listen to the radio because I didn't think it was real music on there. And I'm sure there's many of you on here right now that prefer to listen to what you know is real music than to turn on your radio. Sorry, radio station people, but sometimes then to turn on your radio. It's for different people. It's for a different genre. It's maybe not for the people that are listening tonight or the people that are here on this show that we're all, you know, knowing the importance and the impact. You know, it's a different level, guys. You know what, know, Victoria, I got to say, there, there, there's two sides to that coin. First of all, I, I commend you for having a heart to 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 be of the point of view that you want to give these people leverage as far as an understanding of maybe they don't know. But I'm kind of a cynic, and, and I've been doing doing this type of thing for a little while with Francie and Joe and Nick, and uh, I, I got to say that if if people have the uh, if they have if they have the technical knowledge to get on Blog Talk Radio to find the show and call in and then do some stupid stunts like that, they already know that Dave Bowie passed away a week ago. They already know what's now, going on. What they're doing, you know, they're just calling in to just make fun, and that and, and that's fine too because you know people are going to do what they do, and I like to make 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 fun of people that are making fun. That's yeah, just what I do. Yeah, and you know what? Here's the point. They're listening. (laughs) (laughs) One more person logged on, guys. (laughs) Hey, that's right. Thank you. Log in. Log out. It's all good because we love you. It's all about the love. It's all about love. (laughs) Someone give me a nickel. I, I, I just logged out by myself. No, I'm just joking. Hey, if uh, I had a nickel for everybody that listened to my show, I, I'd have enough money to go buy my six-pack. There a week. you go. Hilarious. <laughs> there, there it is. Hey, you know, and I, I admit, I, I, you know, I like, as I'm saying, you know, it's so great because your dad was such a, as I said, a sweet man, a great person to talk to, just like Thank you. you. And, you. you know, and it, you know, it just imagine if you're 13 and we had the capability of the cell phone back then, right. you, could, right. you could imagine all the pictures you could have been taking with Mick and Keith and going like, here, my friends, look who I'm hanging yeah. out with tonight. Yeah, I know. I know if I had the balls, you know, that the this new generation has to be like, can I get a selfie? Oh my god. You know, I promise you I might have. Oh, it's Here we go. I would be the selfie queen. You know, and and it was it was just, you know, but when you're like when you're there and it's so organic. And it's all so authentic. And you guys, you know, being um, one of the youngest kids of all that he had, being being a kid that grew up on the leg, you know, of him coming, getting it back to get, you know, coming back, you know, getting his comeback, 
you know, is that I had a different experience than some of my older brothers and sisters. Um, you know, I, some of my older brothers and sisters in the, uh, I want, don't quote me wrong, but I think it was the 70s, they had a, a group before the Jackson 5 called Kid Power. And that's when I joked and said, Dad was like Joe Jackson because he had, you know, five or eight of my brothers and sisters dressed up in the same outfit. They lived in Beverly Hills down the street from each other. The You know, my one brother kissed Janet Jackson was his first kiss. This is how close they were, you know. And, you know, and unfortunately that, you know, was, was tragically taken away from them. Um, by some miscommunication, I want to call it. Um, and and it's like I grew up in a different time. I got a different Solomon Burke, you know, when I got to 13. He was just trying to be a different experience. He was trying to make right. He was trying to do something different. And that's where we go back to, again, why I'm on the show and the parallels with David Bowie. He tried it. He made something different. Iman said, you know, they were like, why did your marriage work after 23 years? And she goes, we were older. They were probably in their 40s if we do the math or whatever they were. We knew what we wanted, you know. We knew what this life was about. We knew what this business was about. And we kept it real, basically. You know, and and again, David Bowie was an all-around guy. You know, he had he made time for his life, his family, um, his privacy. He's one of probably the most private, amazing entertainers that we have in in in, in our in our iconic music life, right, guys? I mean, he was a pretty private guy to be so expressive. Yeah, most definitely. Exactly. Which almost seems an oxymoron, you know? But really, he was a private guy, and that's what I respect about him. Being this kid of 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 finding of unfortunately one of my twenty two siblings finding out that my dad died from someone's text message in the middle of the night because it was on Google, okay, you know, that privacy stuff from my perspective was dynamic and important. That was a gift. Now, there's people in David Bowie's camp. My dad was no, my dad would tell you himself, I was no star compared to David Bowie. Now, David Bowie, dad will tell you, David Bowie was rich. David Bowie was the man, okay? And that's what my dad would say, okay? You know, and and so just if I think about the, the wonderful team that I was a, blessed to be a part of around my dad and to think about who David Bowie's team was and his family and for them to maintain that privacy he demanded that respect, guys, and they knew we're not going to cross that line with you. You're a real man. You're a real person. We would never cross you. We love you. We're going to be here for you until your dying day, man. To not leak out into the media, David Bowie ain't nobody. He's somebody. Come on. Somebody could have been given, could have changed their life. They could. That would have been their Powerball to tell that story. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So that's mad respect and a testament to who this man was, you know. Uh, And he's not a guy who was just here for 10 years, you know what I mean? We're talking decades. He was a guy that stuck around and lasted, lasted for many years. Here's something. I want to play this. I want to play this tonight. This is something that uh, your dad, and I've been trying so hard to get this uploaded on my uh, studio tonight. 
And let me find it. Oh, we've got two more callers. Okay. Hold on, callers. I'm coming to you now. Area code 214. Area code 214. Hello? 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 Hi. You know, Hi. Uh, I was privileged enough back in, it was 1982, that I was part of the technical team on one of David Bowie's tours. And it was... What? Um, absolutely, yes. And I have to tell you, just taking in the news now, it's um, it's hot. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm having an asthma attack. Thank you. Use the inhaler. Use the inhaler. Nice. Hey, and we got a bunch of ones across the board. Uh, don't answer. One, 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 yeah, one, oh one, my one, God. One. Oh, my God. I'm having an asthma attack. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm having an asthma attack. Thank you. Oh, that was lovely. Uh, what was that? That, that, that was, was uh, That's what that your was. Your caller. <laughs> that was a that comedy was commercial. Listen, man, okay. things are gonna happen, right? You said you had a, a second caller. Let's let's take that one and find out how oh, funny that was gonna be. That was the second caller. <laughs> that was the second caller. Okay. Great. Well, let's see what they're doing now. Shall we play a game? Oh, it's it's Joe Flynn attack. The new Star Wars movie. Oh, I saw this Joe. part where the Chewbacca jumps up. And says boogity boogity. Ooh. Oh boy! Oh no 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 no! Uh, Victoria, no, who's going? Oh crap! Oh, oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Right, um, no, I accidentally hung up on Victoria. Victoria, who's oh, going? No. Uh, this is this is uh, nope. I got her phone number. You guys well, want to know phone number? How sexy cool is she? Well, she's very cool and very I'm, wonderful. I'm just kidding. I'm, okay, there she is. Oh, thank goodness, Victoria, you called back in because I well, I'm here. here. Oh, my I'm sorry God. about that. Oh, God yeah, bless I all the people with it. asthma. I have friends who have yeah. asthma. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm kind of wondering what's going on here. Is everything cool, yeah. or did something happen? Uh, yeah. Yeah, hey, we got, yeah. Those were two new callers. Um, I think I got that uh, clip. I'm hoping I got that clip. I've been trying to load that clip the whole time we've been oh wait we got a one four area caller what do you think oh let's take another call sure why not okay oh is that john yeah i got disconnect i got booted off <laughs> i'm an english bitch 
I hung up on everybody. Okay, hold on. I'm trying wow, to play no, this. Okay, David Bowie on sexuality. Nick said to play that. Uh, okay, here right. it is. Do you mind talking about your sexuality? <laughs> Sorry, why? Because what, what was the deal there? You were gay for a while, and then you went. Then you were not no, gay. I'm just happy. <laughs> But you were, were you bisexual, were you pansexual, were you trisexual? I, I oh yeah, bisexual, drugs. Uh, oh, I have. I said I was bisexual, that's enough. You've admitted that you're bisexual. Mm. Oh yeah, bisexual, drugs. Uh, I said many years ago that I was a bisexual. You've admitted that you're bisexual. Mm. Oh yeah, bisexual, drugs. Uh, Do you mind talking about your sexuality? <laughs> you went, then you were not no, gay. I'm just happy. Oh, I have. I said I was bisexual, that's enough. I said many years ago that I was a bisexual. <laughs> Who are the best kissers, men or women? Uh, why ask me? <laughs> do, they kiss, do they kiss differently? <laughs> you know, there are a lot of doctors who can actually help you with this. <laughs> A false or fiction? Yeah. 
what it was all about. All right. Uh, Nick says, play David Bowie having fun. About having fun. About having That's a lot of what he was about. Maybe. It's the top. It's the top. David Bowie about having fun, and there we go. All right. And the contents of the album, it doesn't necessarily... I mean, I've had big hits with albums that I really despise, frankly. You know, albums I don't like, and they've done really, really well. Uh, and it always has to be about the material on the album, and, and whether, in hindsight, and pretty fast hindsight, hindsight within like a month or two of having made it, the album, if I can really look at it and say this was definitely the be very best kind of work I could have done at that particular time. And I feel that very much with reality. It uh, stands up well. It's... Uh, it's um, the songs were really made for playing live, and uh, you know we're managing to get a good lot of them done on these shows. My presumption is that because I'm enjoying what I'm doing and believe in the songs, then that enthusiasm will pass over into the audience as well, and they'll pick up on that. So it's, uh, it becomes uh, a two-way avenue, man. I really don't look at any any gig other than it being a club. I'm I'm I really try and go on with that. You know, I go. I go on aiming to have a really good time, and so does the band. I mean, there's no point in us getting on the stage. Nothing is a life-threatening situation, you know what I mean? It's just a going up and playing a bunch of songs. It's no co more complicated than that. And doing it in front of 100 or 200 people, or as many as bother to come here tonight, which is backed out, I understand. Um, there really is no difference, you know, and uh, you've got to go on knowing you're going to have a great time. Yep. Always. True. Uh, always. Wow. Okay. Uh, Francie, are you still with us or did you uh, put yourself Hang on Hang up mute? by yourself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just keep myself on mute. Oh, my gosh. We got another okay. caller. So, I, no got, call. I got a question for, for, for Joe and Francie, though. What? Yeah. Go God. So I want to know what kind of weather you're having right now. Oh, uh, I'm in a t-shirt, and so is Nick. No, it's pouring. It's pouring. Okay, so, that's pouring so it would that's be okay if by oh, Wednesday it, I shipped to you everything I got right now. Yeah, go I don't want just know. Oh, come on. We're only under a lake effect snow warning for, till Tuesday afternoon. Ah, sweet. Hey, Aileen, your life. Yeah, oh, my God. I'm having oh, an oh asthma attack. I'm having an asthma attack. God bless you. No, I wish I could have that many orgasms in one night. The world would be a better place. I was yeah. going to say the callers are starting, the last couple of car callers are starting to sound like they want to, you know, promote the books or something. I mean, it's getting a little <laughs> more scary every time they call. <laughs> yeah, really. That's right. <laughs> They're asking colleagues to support the sponsor. Okay? Either that or they're trying to promote themselves. We're going to make fun of them, like you guys said. 
now they're calling to support the sponsors. Thank you again for your plug in supporting our sponsors. Isn't that right, Nick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for the extra long to go They are trying to promote themselves. I know who that is. And um, my first co-host, I would like to say thank you for calling in like six times. Trying to and and no, it is no, it is. I know exactly who that is. And uh, no, when yeah, and yeah, I'm sorry, Victoria, but but when um, your dad died, he sent vicious messages to everybody. And I know exactly me. who that is that's calling in tonight. Hey, no. okay, well, then don't you answer have me. enemies. Yeah, I and I want you to forget about that. And I'm sorry, I know exactly who that is. And, you know, now you're on the show, and he hasn't done this in a while. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry about that. I know exactly. Oh, who I'm is. not bothered by it. I think I had a good okay. laugh. Okay, yeah, turn things around. Make them positive. Number two times, I already know who this is, and okay, and we don't want to talk about him no more because he's a waste of our time. So That's this okay. has been a fantastic show, Victoria. And yes. you know, I, I have know fun. I don't know. Go ahead. I I was just saying I don't know I had fun and I again it, it it's I'm I'm honored that you even asked me on the show and um, it was great guys thanks so much it was really fun I, I, yes it was I'm you on I've been begging you know Victoria when do I get you and I know that you are promoting fans right now right. I am working on some fantastic um, musical project that I have in um, the works, and it's, uh, I don't want to spill the beans yet, but I promised Francie that I would be back on the show to let her know, so I'll tease you guys with that one. How about that? Nice. That's there because you, you and I, we've been, you know, kind of communicating back and forth. And I'm like, Victoria, Victoria, and, and now this. And and I got to tell you, you were amazing. I mean, whenever you want to call into the show, please call in. Well, it was fun. And I thank you so much. And I will. Thanks, guys. You guys are all amazing as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, and Victoria, you got to come back to Sacramento and you got to see where we're staying now. You thought that okay. was well, well, mediocre last time. <laughs> it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter what it was. It, it Dude, wouldn't matter. I love you guys. And I'll back. be happy to come visit soon. I promise. But thank you guys. Oh, and, and I'm only going to say since it's still yeah. January. Happy New Year right. still, okay? But happy this is it. Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah, great happy night. New Year. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.
Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.